Welcome to Frosh FM, your one-stop shop for everything you need to know about your first year at Queen's. Whether you're fresh from high school and ready to take the big leap into university, or if you're a new coming grad student who has already experienced post-secondary, this podcast will have important information for you. You'll hear interviews with clubs, information on all the different resources for you, and fun banter with our panel of alumni and current students who are all here to help make sure all your questions are answered. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Frosh FM right here on CFRC 101.9 FM. And I have the great privilege of welcoming Principal Patrick Dean of Queen's University into the virtual studio today. Hello, Principal Dean. Good morning. How are you? I'm fantastic and even better now that you're here with us and very excited to talk to you about all things Queen's and all of the great stuff coming up at the university this coming year. So um, before we get into that, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe for folks, uh, new students and uh, returning students, tell us a little bit about your teaching and research and maybe what you like to do outside of Queens. Let's get to know you. Well, uh, I'm a professor of English. So for many years before I began doing uh, administrative uh, jobs of this sort, uh, I was a professor of English and uh, I have an interest in 20th century literature, uh, particularly the relationship between literature and politics, which uh, uh, again is uh, proving to be a very uh, interesting field of inquiry uh, in, at the present time. Um, uh, so I've always I've loved doing that work and my research actually concentrates on a period when there was a particularly vibrant and interesting relationship between uh, literature and politics, and that is the 1930s, the rise of fascism and, in, in Europe and, and, uh, uh, and of the, the, the left in Britain. So that, that's the general area in, in which I, I do my research, in which I've done most of my teaching over the years. Okay, fantastic. Thank you for that. Now, oh, there we go. Sorry about that. I will edit this part out. Yeah, so tell fun. us about your role as so tell us about your role as principal at Queen's University. What does a principal do? Well, the term is interesting. Most Canadian universities have a president. Uh, Queen's and McGill uh, uh, have a principal. Uh, and the term really comes from the notion of the principal teacher. So the principal is the head of the organization. Uh, but that term tells you something about the nature of leadership. Uh, a, a principal doesn't uh, govern an institution by issuing orders. A principal works collegially with other teachers and uh, other members of the university community uh, to mount our programs, to advance the cause of research and so on. So, uh, I, yeah, so within those terms, I have overall responsibility for all parts of the university and I report uh, to a board of trustees uh, who, uh, uh, some of whom are elected, some of whom are appointed, and they oversee uh, the the well-being, particularly the financial well-being of the university. Wonderful. So, can you tell us some about? Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. 
can you tell us about some of the new initiatives that you're very excited about that are underway this year at Queen's University? Well, this is an exciting year. I, I think uh, uh, people who are new to Queen's will, will know this, but I was this time last year brand new myself. And uh, I remember fondly welcoming the first year students and feeling that was sort of a bizarre thing to do when you've only just arrived yourself and are still trying to find your way around. So I was new and uh, so my arrival coincided with the end of the university's current strategic plan and uh, therefore with the beginning of a new direction for the university. So the really exciting thing I've done this year is I, I, I launched back in uh, September, October of last year, a conversation with the university, which I wanted to be wide ranging and uh, uh, covering the big issues that should shape the university. Why are we here? What's the point of the university? Why do students come here? You know, why do governments support the university? In other words, I was wanting us to have a conversation about the big issues, what our values were, what our principles were, and what, in our view, we are here to do. Uh, and that's been wonderful. I, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed those conversations. And uh, an interesting thing is that, uh, of course, everybody knows we've been uh, in the grip of this pandemic since March. Uh, and uh, the, one interesting consequence of the pandemic is it's helped me understand the university even more uh, effectively than I might otherwise have done so, because the university has been, in some sense, under pressure and duress because of the pandemic. And it's helped helped me see things, it's helped me see strengths that uh, I was aware of but didn't quite understand and it's helped me see some of the weaknesses which ours, like, like every organization has. And so that has been a very exciting initiative and I hope members of the university have felt it uh, uh, exciting as well because it's all about mapping out where we go in the future. And I can't think of anything actually more exciting in the life of a university than that phase of uh, essentially, you know, clearing the decks and saying, all right, what, what do we want to be? What, where do we want to go? Uh, what should the students experience be like here and for what reason? So uh, that's been uh, an exciting initiative of the last year and it will continue to be so in the coming year because this fall, I will uh, I'll put out a paper which uh, will record some of my observations uh, arising out of the conversation and uh, I will, through that, that message, lay out some areas in which I think we can build our future. And that'll be then a reason for a further set of conversations and planning, uh, planning meetings. So it's pretty exciting. Uh, strategic planning sounds like it's a snooze, uh, but in fact, uh, for an institution, it's very important. Uh, but I wanted to do it in a way that would get people excited. I, I want people to find the exciting reasons for being a part of this community. Well, we're very much looking forward to the uh, initial report and your findings and then learning about the next steps. We'll be following up, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, a little bit earlier, you did uh, touch on um, the pandemic that we're all currently in the grips of. Um, could you tell us about some of the COVID measures that are now in place. I know this isn't your day-to-day -day job, but you have, may have some understanding of how the university is tackling the COVID measures in place. And oh, yeah. what are some of the goals with, with COVID in mind? What are some of the goals for student and alumni engagement and experience this year? This is going to change. 
Yeah. Uh, re well, a really good question. And, you know, you're right. Of course, I've, I've been, uh, I've actually been in the thick of COVID planning uh, all, all uh, through the spring and the summer. And although now it's, we have, we have a plan in place, it's not directly my, my responsibility. I do have some, uh, some thoughts to, to, uh, uh, to talk about in, in that regard. It's interesting in March, uh, when we decided we needed everyone to go off and, and study online, that seemed like a huge thing we did there. But in fact, now I realize it was nothing compared to the complexity of planning for return uh, to academic work in September in the context of COVID, because that, that was quite simple. You know, it was simply the matter of uh, moving people out of harm's way and ensuring they could continue their work. Uh, now we have a changing situation. Uh, the, situ the, the COVID position is obviously considerably improved on where it was in March, but it is still a factor. And so all of the things that uh, are important for maintaining people's health have to be a part of our daily thinking, uh, physical distancing, uh, all the hygiene precautions, masks and all of that sort of thing. And then we have to think about how many people we can have on campus at any given time. And that isn't only our decision, that's a government decision. So the government tells us how many people indoors and how many people outdoors uh, uh, would be acceptable and safe. And all of this uh, changes uh, fairly consistently depending on the number of cases and so on. So we've worked very, very closely with Kingston Public Health and that has enabled us to, I think, understand very well the principles that need to shape the decisions we make to keep everybody healthy. And, and when I say everybody, I don't just mean the members of our university community, I mean members of the whole community, uh, since you know, every person who comes to Queens also interacts across the city. So um, these have been uh, very challenging, but also, uh, as I said, very revealing in that I've seen how strong our institution is and can be uh, on these kinds of questions. Uh, so I think things are working out quite well. We will have a portion of the first year class on campus in those programs that uh, require, say, clinical work or some form of campus presence. Um, most other first year students will study online uh, for, for this term. Uh, we're hoping there will be more opportunity for in-person learning in the winter term beginning in January, but to some extent that will depend on what happens epidemiologically between now and then, so that if we have uh, a heavy ordinary flu influenza season, um, uh, piggybacking on the COVID problem, uh, that might change what, we, we, what we're thinking of for, mm -hmm. for January and further on. Uh, but I'm very optimistic. Uh, I think we've, we've been about as thorough in our planning as you can be. And so it's the unpredictable uh, event that could prove challenging. Um, it, you know, to your point about, you know, what will this mean for students and alumni? I think uh, we are absolutely committed to making it an incredibly exciting experience for uh, our students whether in first year just coming in or whether they're upper year students, um, we're doing things differently. We have to do things differently for everyone's good. Uh, but there are ways of using uh, online media and other forms of uh, remote learning uh, to nevertheless to provide a very, very stimulating 
academic experience. Uh, those aspects of university life that are very communal are very difficult to manage when all you can do is Zoom calls and, and Teams meetings and so on. But we're doing our best to do that. I think that is the challenge of this coming fall. Uh, normally, we have all manner of in-person events which help us understand that ours is a community and it is held together very tightly by these kinds of personal connections. So we will find ways using remote and other kinds of tools to create that sense of community. I think the same thing goes for alumni. You know, we, we have to stay in touch with our alumni. We have to make sure the network is close and tight and strong. Uh, and so we're migrating many of our events uh, to a, 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 um, a virtual format. Uh, and in the process, I think we're, all, we're discovering some interesting alternative ways of doing things. So even after we're able to congregate as people, um, I think we will still have these remote tools which will enable us to reach further abroad uh, to draw people into the community. So uh, all in all, as I say, I'm optimistic. Uh, a considerable amount of work has been done to make sure the student experience and the alumni experience and the experience of everybody who deliver those programs on the staff and faculty side is a good experience. Thank you very much. That I feel quite optimistic as well, and that was very reassuring. I really appreciate that, and as do our listeners. I wonder, Principal Dean, if you have any advice for new students about their studies, staying well, and, and staying connected with each other as a follow-up to what we were just talking about. Yeah, I think, you know, I would say to new students, uh, the same thing I say, even when I can meet them in person, is that there are many, many supports available to you. Uh, and although uh, uh, most of our first year students won't be on campus for the first term, those supports are still available through student wellness, uh, through student affairs, through faculty, officers, counseling, and so on. So um, just because you can't walk into a building and, and, and get support and help, doesn't mean it isn't available. And I would encourage students to make the most of all those supports. I would also encourage students to, to accept the invitations that come their way to virtual social gatherings and, and those kinds of events that are put together as part of orientation. Uh, that is really important because uh, eventually all students will be back on campus and we will reconstitute ourselves as a living in-person community and uh, right now the way to prepare for that is to make virtual connections and so I'd encourage students to take advantage of everything uh, that's on offer and available. Um, then of course other advice is for them to keep safe. We, we recently put out uh, through the provost uh, 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 some guidance for, for, for students returning to campus or for new students arriving. Uh, and I encourage students to look, look at those recommendations and to follow them. Because uh, if, if they are in town, um, and uh, uh, even if they're not attending classes on campus, really important to keep safe. And to also to be mindful of the fact that they, they are now part of a broader community to which we all owe a responsibility. Um, uh, this is a, a relatively small city. 
the 24,000 students who comprise Queen's University are a very substantial part of, of uh, a city of that size, even if they aren't all here. Mm -hmm. uh, those students who do come to Kingston, uh, and I know there are many, even those who are going to be studying uh, remotely, uh, need to be very mindful of behaving in a responsible way um, in order to keep the whole community safe. And, you know, there I'm thinking of you know, congregating, not, you know, avoiding uh, the parties and so on, because that just increases the, the, the likelihood of some kind of transmission of the virus. Indeed. But above everything, I'd say, have a great time. You know, it's possible to have a great time while being responsible, you know, while abiding by the public health guidelines. Uh, um, uh, and uh, I know students will always find a, a way to, to make the most of their experience. Um, uh, and I encourage them to do so. Thank you. So do you have anything else you wish to add uh, about life at Queen's, studies at Queen's, research at Queen's, COVID? Well, anything. yeah, this is a very special institution. Um, it has a very special history. It's been around a long time. It's played an invaluable role in the building of this country and in the shaping of this country. Um, and it's going to continue to do that. Uh, the students of Queen's have had an enormous influence on our country and its values and its direction. Uh, for you know, 179 years uh, at this point. So um, it's a great tradition we're all, all part of. Um, and I think that's, that is a privilege and it's also a great opportunity. Um, I, I hope everybody will think about, you know, with that in mind, we'll think about the kind of society we want to live in in the future and to take what they learn at Queen's and use it to achieve that kind of society. At the moment, we're very aware, aren't we, because of COVID, of global injustice and inequities, disparities of wealth and opportunity. We're aware of those same disparities in our own country, in our own society. And most recently, we're aware of the extent to which those disparities map along racial lines. Uh, and we're aware of the potent force of racism everywhere in the globe, but even in our own society, in our own community, and in our own university. And I think uh, you know, the last point I'd like to make to everyone is that you can be optimistic because we can actually use what the university provides to make a great and prosperous and equitable society. And I hope everyone will accept the, the invitation to be a part of that. Well, thank you very much, Principal Patrick Dean of Queen's University for sharing so much with us today here on Frosh FM on CFRC 101.9 FM. We really appreciate your valuable time and all of the amazing insights. Oh, Dinah, it's a pleasure to be here. Great to be able to talk to everybody. And now while I have you still on the line, you get to play DJ now. What's <laughs> You've done it before. I have. Well, uh, I would like to play um, a, a very famous song by Nina Simone, which uh, uh, was on her first album, her debut album in 1958. Um, it's a, what has become a very famous song, Love Me or Leave Me. Um, and it's famous because she, she also was a trained classical musician. And in this absolutely fantastic song, 
she embeds a section, a kind of a jazz improvisation on Bach's C major fugue. Um, it's stunning. Uh, it's, it's on the, that original recording. She also performed it on the Ed Sullivan show in, in September of 1960. Uh, and I'd, I'd love to, to, to have that played. All right. So coming up next, we have Nina Simone, Love Me or Leave Me. Thank you very much again, Patrick, for joining us. We really appreciate your time. Thanks, Dinah. Bye-bye. Say love me or leave me and let me be lonely. You won't believe me, but I love you only. I'd rather be lonely than happy with somebody else. You might find the night time the right time for kissing. Night time is my time for just reminiscing. Regretting instead of forgetting with somebody else. There'll be no one unless that someone is you. I intend to be independently blue. I want your love and I don't want to borrow. Have it today to give back tomorrow. Your love is my love. There's no love for no. tuning in to Frosh FM. You can find us on all your podcasting apps, so make sure to subscribe to stay up to date on all future episodes. Have a question for us? Find us on Instagram at frosh underscore FM, where you can comment or DM us and we'll make sure to answer all your questions on one of our upcoming episodes. Are you new at Queens and want to produce a segment for Frosh FM all about your first year experience? Interested in developing your own podcast? 
Do you just want to explore CFRC's impressive music library? Reach out to programs at CFRC to get in on our next volunteer training session. Frosh FM is hosted by CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, Ontario, located at Queen's University, which is situated on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples. The podcast network at CFRC, hosted at podcast.cfrc.ca, is brought to you by the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences.